Welcome to Got Your Milk, the podcast about the strain on FX. I'm Bubba, and with me is Mork. Mork, Hello. how you doing? I'm doing great, Bubba. How are you? Now, Mork, uh, this is an offshoot. Got Your Milk is an offshoot of the Joffrey Podcast, a podcast about HBO's Game of Thrones and George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire saga. And here we're looking at another show. We're looking at FX's The Strain, based around some books by Guillermo del Toro, which I have not read. Have you read them? I, I haven't. I haven't. It's, uh, it's uh, yeah, Del Toro and Chuck Hogan, I believe. Amen. And so this is a big-budget show that FX is putting out. They've, put a lot of, they've been promoting this since the Super Bowl. If you remember back to February, they put a, a commercial in the Super Bowl to get this out there. They're very excited about it. And we have not because we have not read the books, we're not going to obviously do any spoilers. We don't know any spoilers. Uh, but we also say that if you want to tell us how you thought about this brand new big budget FX show, write to us and tell us your opinions because your opinions are just as valid as ours. Far more valid. But probably fact. more valid than ours. You can do that by reaching out to us on Twitter. You can reach me, Bubba, at Fit and Trim. That's F-I-T-T-E-N-T-R-I-M, at Fit and Trim, on Twitter. Before we begin, I would yeah. like to compliment you, yes, Bubba, on your wig. Thank you. Right. When you talk about FX's The Strain, the first thing that comes to your mind isn't vampires, isn't blood-sucking worms or hearts that won't die. Thanks a lot, Edgar Allan Poe. Mm -hmm. But it's about Corey Stahl's wig. And so uh, we're going to touch on all that. Because this is a brand new show, we're not familiar with the books. All we've seen is promos. You know, I think we need to just get right to it. And uh, before we even talk about the show, what do you think of Del Toro? What have been your thoughts on this uh, world-famous movie director? I, I think he's a great guy. He's a <laughs> oh. he's a terrific chef. Oh, and that's great! An underrated dancer. Okay, well, what do you think about his films? What you do have have any opinions on his work? Well, I I think uh, like a lot of like a lot of uh, people who still live with their mother. I love <laughs> Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, really? I, because I I know that was his big one. So many people loved. I I went to it, and maybe it was because I had heard all the raves about it. I was a bit under-impressed by Pan's Labyrinth. All right, so keep going. What did you like about it? I got I, I haven't seen Pan's Labyrinth. You I'm haven't seen it? No, I, I oh, enjoyed Pan's Labyrinth a lot. And I I am looking forward to future installments, I suppose. They're, they're in the works for Pacific Rim, but... Uh, uh, oh, did you like Pacific Rim? I, I I didn't like it as much as Pan's Labyrinth. I'll put it that way. Uh, have you seen any of the Hellboy films? And thought, I saw the first one. It was kind of fun, comic booky in a way. I uh, I spilled some coffee once on Ron Perlman, and since then <laughs> I've uh, just felt terrible every time I, I I can't watch any of his work. He's a wonderful actor, but it's uh, fills me with guilt and shame. Okay, so we're really. It feels like we're really going into this cold. We're really uh, can give you our unique perspectives on this new FX show. So why don't we get to it first and foremost. How many cartons of milk would you give this out of 10, Judd? 10 being this is the best, this is the most contagious thing ever? Or uh, I suppose you could give no cartons of milk, meaning you'd rather still be in family counseling with your wife. 
Uh, how many cartons of milk are you going to give this premiere pilot episode of The Strain? Well, pi- pilot episodes are, are, as we all know, are very tough to do. They are. And there was a lot going on with this one. I would, uh, I would give this one a uh, 7.5 and, and trending upwards. Though. What do you think about it, Bubba? Okay, well, uh, you said 7.5. I've got to be honest, we were watching together, trying not to comment too much to spoil this podcast. But uh, I thought you would be a bit tougher on it like I am. The, you've said it. Beginning chapters, pilots, they have to spit out a lot of exposition. This was spitting out a lot of exposition, a lot of characters. Uh, I'm not sure I love many of the characters yet. And so I'm going to go kind of low. I, I think, uh, because I think there were some valid scares and I could see this going well, I'm going to give it six cartons of milk out of ten. Here. Contagions <laughs> are, are a good thing on this scale or a bad thing? This is... Uh, this is <laughs> So ten What's is his better. name? Our hero, and what is our hero's name? Well, it's not Doctor Goodweather. It is it's... Doctor Goodweather. It's F from Goodweather. Well, is our hero? But call him F. Call him F. F stands for Ephraim. Ephraim. Oh, sorry, Ephraim. Yes. All right. So Ephraim loves Gardner Milks. He had two going into the airplane. So that was that was a lot. What I like about drinking yeah. a carton of milk right. is uh, taking a sip and then just handing it to the nearest person to me. To Jim, your good buddy Jim. You're like my, uh, Mork, you're like Jim to me, the F. And I think watching this has got me F'd uh, for Sunday nights for weeks to come. Uh, Bubba, you've given me a lot of things to hold. None of them were as wholesome or healthy <laughs> as a carton of milk. Okay, so, uh, uh, so okay, definitely, we, uh, Do you, you said trending upward. You think uh, now that kind of some of this... Uh, exposition is out of the way you think it can take off the scares can continue or uh, what are your thoughts going forward well i'd i'd like to see and i i think what they're going for is a a, an outbreak show or an outbreak story Mm -hmm. that is going to spend a little bit of time uh during the outbreak it's not going to be tomorrow morning everybody's a zombie or tomorrow morning everybody's dead right so, it's not like the walking dead where the main character wakes up spoiler kinda, it, spoiler, spoiler alert, alert spoiler and, and alert the, and the zombies have already taken over it's yeah. definitely we're going to see the slow steady uh strain spread steady strain spread <laughs> say that five times quickly the steady Spain space spread in Spain. Uh, in Spain, right? In South South Bronx, and so uh, it's going to be a while. I could see how it could get better. Uh, let's talk about uh, the favorite parts of the or favorite ideas of the show. So I give it six cartons of milk out of ten. I would say, why does it deserve six? Well, once again, I think there were good scares. I think there are. What was the scariest moment for you? Now, well, that's a great, great question. For I thought there were two. When you jumped into my lap <laughs> that first time, it was because of what exactly? Uh, I wouldn't call these my scariest moments of the episode, uh, uh, but when you said that, the first thing that came to mind was the morgue attack, and uh, not the mork attack, but the morgue attack set to Neil Diamond's "Sweet Caroline." That was fun. Uh, this whole show and that attack, you really have to kind of have some horror movie turn your mind off it's the classic thing of the killers in the house and they they stay in the house they don't run you know like a horror movie and this this show had a million things where you're just kind of scratching your head saying but you got to turn that off to enjoy it so my uh actual favorite scary moment in the show was the 
well, maybe it was the sweet Caroline zombie attack. Let me look through my notes. What was yours? I, I enjoyed that, and I thought, I thought that was one of the sequences that nailed the tone of the show right. that I would like to see. Amen. It was scary. It was also a little funny and a little creepy, and I, I enjoyed that. Um, I got to be honest. I yeah. was creeped out, right. but I was never really scared. And um, I even in the opening sequence when they were trying to figure out what's going in the cargo thing, I, I God God bless those two actors, but they were terrible. They were like flight attendants. <laughs> they were, Maybe they, they were actual flight. They attendants. could have been actual flight attendants. Okay, so uh, before we uh, uh, go deeper into kind of some of the plot, let's just go through. So we talked about kind of a scary scene that we liked. Was there a ski scene that you especially didn't like? Did you perhaps not like some of the family drama at the family counseling session? Did you? Uh, uh, and I'll go ahead and say mine. My least favorite scene in the episode was an attempt at a scary part where there were just too many horror cliches uh, for me really to get into the moment. And that was where the one airport official is kind of trying to find where the infamous box, coffin, closet, whatever you call it, he's trying to find that. We're talking about poor man's Robert Davi? That's exactly right. Poor man's Robert Davi. Basic cable Robert And he's stepping through these uh, blood puddles. was like, okay, let's keep walking. He sees a... What looks like a human being or at least a creature on the ground. But rather than do anything, he's like, I'll just keep walking closer to it. In that kind of horror movie, I, I was, you know, I tried to a couple times. But in that one case, I couldn't turn my brain off. I was like, this is so, this guy's so, acting so stupidly that uh, even when the kind of cool tongue and or uh, appendage comes out and grabs his throat and starts uh, sucking his blood and everything. Uh, I couldn't enjoy it. I really couldn't even get scared because I thought that was so crazy. Any any scene you especially disliked? Well, I, I think that that one is a, is a good example. I also was uh, pretty disappointed for the when they revealed that good old Sean Astin playing Jim. All right. Reliable, great actor, likable. When they revealed immediately yep. that uh, he's he's at least on the payroll of the bad guys. I, I wish they would have uh, kept that going yep. uh, a little, uh, you know, save that reveal for later, unless they're going to kill him next week. But still, I, I was disappointed they did that. And and to go back to the, uh, I've, I've been through the uh, cargo hold area at JFK yes. Airport. There okay. is a lot of blood. Okay, well, yeah, you wouldn't notice. There's You'd a lot like... of blood. So I, I, <laughs> I don't blame the guy for not paying attention to that. I, I did feel right. like the monster or whatever, whoever he is, right. more than a passing resemblance to Ursula from The Little Mermaid. Do, 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 under the plane, under the plane. Uh, we've talked about some scenes. Once again, we're going to break down this episode more in a bit, but let's get to characters. Uh, for me, the character that I instantly just enjoyed and wish he had been in it more, wish he had done more, was our good friend Walder Frey, uh, who is playing a character. Let me get this name correctly. I think his name is called Abraham Satrakian. Is that correct? Is that what you got? It that's was... that's exactly right. It was clear to every single person. <laughs> I, I subscribe to the fun. rule. He's great. He, he is fun. He's a joy to he see. He was the kind of thing you want. You understand that this is kind of, in some ways, let's be honest, ridiculous. And so here's this character 
who's taking it serious, but he's fun. He The guys tried to rob his store, and once again, could have been a cliche scene where he turns the tails, you know, this old man turns the tails on the people trying to rob him, but he's just so fun. He's a good actor. He was my favorite character. Sorry, any favorite characters for you? Well, I, I thought uh, Abraham, let's just call him Abraham, was okay. great. And, you know, I think I think Corey Stoll did a great job. Yeah, actually, uh, in a he, thankless, somewhat hero role. I agree. He, he, he's got to do... Uh, there's a lot going on, and uh, I think I think he did a good job. And I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, seeing him uh, do a little swashbuckling in uh, Upper Manhattan. <laughs> That's what you do when you're there. You see a show, you buckle some swashes. Was there a least favorite character for you? I'll go ahead... And uh, say that mine and it what the the Robert Davi character who got killed, uh, I, I I thought some of these characters were a bit so cliche and it wasn't that I disliked the actors, but the classic uh, what was the one guy's name? Sorry, uh, it's in here. It begins with an A. The one uh, no, it was Everett, the kind of the supervisor of our sure. heroes. And you hear the the one uh, woman whose name was uh, Nora Martinez the co-worker who's having an affair you better you better watch your mouth about lovely Nora martinez no she's perfect she's lovely but even that's a bit of cliche the co-worker he's fooling around with but she tells everett she's like just make sure there's no press there and so as soon as you hear that there's gonna be press there so everett is just can i jump in here i don't mean to cut you off i think i think Nora was using a little bit of what i like to call reverse psychology (laughs) and it worked she was right she was like Nora one everett zero Nora's like i want my man to get his picture on the news I was a little... So Everett was the character I disliked a bit. I also disliked... Uh, these characters who are just so cliche. The, the morgue guy who have, sees a heart that he's pulled out, continue to beat. Uh, let me get closer and check out what's going on. Uh, even after the UV uh, closet test, he thought... <laughs> uh, yeah, particularly uh, troubling about that scene was I, I have a, a giant beard, as all of my friends know. <laughs> and when you have a giant beard, you don't yeah. get close to anything. No. Because yeah. it'll, it'll sop That's it true. up. Soup, watermelon, uh, it doesn't matter what it is. So I think that uh, this guy hasn't had that beard for a long time, and that shows a lack of uh, character on my part. So I didn't mind that he was killed. All right, uh, any least favorite characters for you? I'm a little More. nervous about... Uh, uh, I'm a little nervous about poor man's Christoph Waltz and poor my poor man's Max von Sydow. Uh, right, the evil stone. They seem people. to be a little too similar, and they look alike. And I, so <laughs> I, I wish you know I wish one of them had a mustache and or a cowboy hat. Well, the poor man kissed Christopher Waltz. The only thing that you would say trait he has so far is that his eyes kind of have two different shutters <laughs> he, yeah he's he has got, eyelids and then he's got like a shutter for when the iris is too high and he's just gonna click uh that 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 is what happens sometimes if you go to a cheap lasik doctor <laughs> so stoneheart they seem to be our villains all right so let's just get into it let's just kind of we we're gonna kind of briefly go over kind of the beats of the show and it starts off and it tells us that hunger is the most important thing. So I knew the show was sponsored by Snickers. Snickers. (laughs) Son of a a jinx. Son of a jinx. All right, so uh, uh, in here, Flight flight 753 is coming in. Uh, We see on the plane, we see this rock star. And what's so interesting in my brain, one of my favorite books was Stephen uh, Stephen King's The Stand. And you know, in that 
book, one of the main characters is this character named Larry Underwood, who's a rock star who goes through the virus and outbreak in the stand. And so here we're on the plane and I see this rock star uh, who's later kind of fun. He pulls off the wig and that kind of stuff. And he's in it for the pussy. Oh, yeah. But I... he's on the plane. Uh, and then we have, uh, you know, the... the um, be, the be careful of the overhead compartment and the underhead compartment. You know, both can move during the flight. And so we have the scary moment, uh, possibly scary moment, where the flight attendants who you didn't like, you know, they, they, got, they get got. Uh, and then we uh, later it cuts in, uh, they want to, cuts to, uh, the, well, the credits. Anyway, so what did you think of the beginning? What did you think of this beginning part? You said it wasn't scary. Did you like I... anything about it? I did not find it scary. I I wish I wish that I could afford to fly in uh, those uh, business class pods one day, uh-uh. but now I never will because I know it will lead to my impending death. Right now they uh, go they the uh, poor man's Robert Davi and his buddy uh, your buddy John. They go out to the yes. plane. The plane is cold. It's like a dead animal. Ooh, what an interesting description. Interesting, interesting. They get very close to it though for something so dangerous. That's for sure. Now, uh, then later, it cuts from that, and we have the credits, and we see uh, a car uh, pulling up on a street. There's signs. There are these signs for the eclipse on February 12th. We know uh, bloodsuckers don't like the sun, so they're going to love an eclipse coming up on February 12th. Out of the car comes our hero, uh, F., and he uh, puts this CDC parking thing on the front of his car, so that means you can park anywhere. Uh, That's a pretty great trick. New York, New York uh, Municipal Code 1942 states that any car with the steering wheel on the wrong right. side can park anywhere. So right, I, and a CDC sign. Folks, yeah. if you don't want to pay for at a meter, just stick the CDC sign at the front of your car. So we see our hero. He's late. We see his son, Zach. Uh, we see Matt from Sears. And this show is not sponsored by Sears because Sears kept getting dissed, as did Priuses. This was, uh, if Ephraim doesn't like it, and he doesn't like Sears or Priuses, it's bad. Uh, He comes to this counseling session. He's uh, court-appointed, apparently. uh, And his wife is unhappy. His wife, this is also a bit cliche. He's focused on his career. His wife, uh, I thought, was Kelly, the put-upon wife. Kind of cute. I like her. Very lovely. I hope she doesn't get any worms. Very, very lovely. Uh, And so there's this scene. uh, It's setting up the family drama that this guy, he cares about his wife and kids, but he also almost cares too much about his job. His phone's ringing 24-7. In in F's defense. Defend F. He was not calling in to work. They They were calling him. So can you blame the guy? What is he supposed to do? He's supposed to... Be there for his family, which apparently he hasn't. Backstory. Well, I, he was he was there, but they were boring. <laughs> yeah, and he's he like, was he was got no traits call. other than being upset with me, wife. Good character development, <laughs> and so yeah, I I thought I thought that was not a great scene. And part of, part of the trouble with that, I yeah. think, is we we've seen some of these ads, and they tell <laughs> us very clearly that you know the island of Manhattan will be dead soon yeah well, he's the got country some trouble coming soon so, so we don't care to, that his wife we to, like let him work a divorce woman. you know i mean this guy's sort of an idiot because if the island of manhattan is gonna go down the tubes yeah. well then i'd, I'd be out at uh, scores or something <laughs> trying to have a little bit of fun that's just me 
And so his phone keeps buzzing. I, I thought it would have been a good twist if it wasn't work calling, if that was just like his Twitter updates. <laughs> it's like, it, well, eh, actually, eh, we don't eh, know this. Maybe. Oh, that's a good point. Maybe it was Matt calling from downstairs <laughs> saying, hey, buddy, you're about to get a ticket. And he never it picked up the been. phone. Oh, the man from Sears, the, the hero of the show. He's, he's a helpful he's So a helpful he, uh, our hero, Ephraim, goes to the airport. He sees Nora Martinez, his co-worker. And you can tell there's already some vibes there. Mm. Uh, we meet Jim, a.k.a. Samwise. <laughs> Samwise assistant. Uh, and then we go. Uh, that's We see, we cut from that. And then we get to my boy, Walter Frey, good old Abraham store. Yeah. And we have the scene. And he has a great sword. I love this. That's the way you introduce a character, in my opinion. Ab- absolutely. Uh, when I was watching that scene, when he when he held that young punk up against the glass, oh yeah, all I could think was, "Thank God for spit guards." <laughs> but I I have a quick question sure. for for uh, for you, yeah, uh, good, good old Bubba. Um, how often does uh, any airport receive a dead airplane? Is that is that a typical thing? Was that like a once a month? Uh, oh boy, that is a great, great question. How often does an airport get an airplane full of dead people? Right, with with all the window shades pulled down right. except one, but then it feels like never nobody ever thought to look in the cockpit windows. You know, right. those don't really have shades. They could have just looked at the cockpit pit windows and said, "Boy, this guy's de- these pilots are dead. Let's get the CDC here." They were, you know. They were not thinking too clearly. I don't know. I, I don't want to... How wanna... many times do you think the airports, airplanes show up? Well, if they have a term for it, at least... Well, at yeah, least, right. That's a good point. At least once or twice. I just want to take a moment to recognize our baggage handlers Amen. and all of the uh, drivers of those uh, funny-looking trucks. Right. Those people who don't who keep announcing that you can't park at the curb, they're the true heroes. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. Now, uh, to jump back into it, the... I, I was a big fan. I, I did not catch on the credits who the costume designer was, but I must say, those are easily the sexiest hazmat costume oh, suits uh, yeah, I, I have ever seen. I called them the Fantastic Four uniforms for the they CDC. And the CDC's, uh, you know, kind of uh, human uh, resources doesn't care about co-ed dressing rooms. They're like, you two, go in there and get it up. I mean, that's pretty sweet. CDC also must have some money. Because do you like how our good boy Jim had the greatest, this four-monitor wall that he could just roll out on a cart and be like, let's see this. Your tax dollars at work, folks. Tax dollars at work. I think he was playing a little bit of uh, uh, Doom. It's the only <laughs> video game I can think of. Okay, and so anyway. once again, you would think maybe they'd send in robots first, but no, it's got to be our hero and his sexy partner, Nora. Yeah. And, and as he's going in, this is the second time he's like, you got your milk? Got your milk. That's the name of our podcast, named after the relationship between Jim and Ephraim. Yes. And why do you think Ephraim loves milk so much and to drink milk before he goes into a... Is, is it anything about pasteurization? What is, what is this point here? This is a, a, a good one. One thing I did not notice uh, at all in this episode, mm-hmm. and uh, possible spoiler alert, I did not see any cows. <laughs> and it's possible right. that uh, the, the, you know, the little worms are allergic to cows or they can't attack the cows. So maybe this is... We're building up uh, his his immunity just like, uh, you know, Wesley did in Princess Bride with the eye. Okay. As you wish. As you wish. Now, when they turned on that infrared light inside the plane, I knew immediately that they had borrowed this plane from Southwest Airlines. Well, why so? Covered in semen. 
Yes, they turn on the they turn on the uh, what, infrared light, and they see all those bodily fluids everywhere. This was uh, a lot of Mile High clubs were set. A on lot this of Mile High clubs. Yes. I, uh, uh, did yeah. you think anybody would be alive? They walked in. It looked like everybody was dead. It turned out there were four survivors. Did you did you expect? Them all to be dead. So the fact that there were survivors, I kind of thought because of the rock star guy, they made such a good job setting him up that he would be alive. But uh, the fact four survived actually did shock me. I, I was uh, I, I was surprised by that. I was surprised by that. One one of the things I'm hoping for for this show, and yep. that the plane I thought was a it, it was a pretty good example of, was going into an environment where you really don't know what to expect. And right. so that was that was certainly one of them. It was a strong opening. I I think, you know, frankly, that they could have made a little bit uh, more out of it. Oh, good point. No, no, no. They definitely, yeah. Well, they spent money on this. Let's put it this way. FX spent the money. That semen is not free. Right, it is. Uh, and so, okay, uh, this was my question, though. All of the shades were drawn down except one. Were we supposed to understand why one of the passenger uh, shades was up, or was it just a quirk of the system? Like, why... That, Why that, did they uh, keep bringing I believe that up? I believe that was a Boeing seven six seven wide body, which uh, is they've they've had to recall some of those planes because seat twenty four F often cannot pull down the shade. So I I think they're just being true for uh, <laughs> all you aviation fans out there. Uh, they're they're keeping it real. They're keeping it real. All right, so we've met all this stuff, and then it suddenly completely cuts away to some brand new characters. We meet infamous Mister Palmer, who you are, we call our Christopher Vice. Uh, Christoph Waltz, excuse me, uh, right. look-alike. Mr. Palmer's going down in the elevator, and he gets out in this room, and it's 24 degrees colder, and uh, the two guys have this discussion. And Mr. Palmer, I'm oh, sorry, Mr. Palmer is the old man in the chair. Christoph Waltz isn't Mr. Palmer. But uh, Mr. Palmer said to Christoph Waltz, he says, it can't be too cold. Even, you know, this is 24 degrees colder, but it can't be too cold. Kind of meaning, like, they're dead, vampire-like, zombies or whatever and so who cares about the heat that's what i took from it what'd you take from it? yeah there was there was something there i i have found that whenever i've had dealings with uh, somebody with the first or last name of stoneheart <laughs> that they usually don't have my best interests in mind so i think that was a a, a little bit of a tell and <laughs> um yeah but it was a it was a gorgeous building and it was a little bit of i was hoping to see christopher walken you know, burst in a little bit yep. of King of New York, but maybe that's in the next episode. All right, so uh, then we jump back, and apparently uh, next to JFK, they've set up this warehouse to put all the bodies. Uh, we meet the four survivors who they're trying to quarantine. One is Miss Joan Lass. She's an attorney. She's an attorney. We have the rock star in it for the P. That's mm-hmm. uh, Bolivar, and his fans were later cha- chanting at the airport. They want him. Can I just say right now, I would I would rank the wigs. Uh, <laughs> I would rank it Corey Stoll's wig number one, Bubba's wig number two, and my wig. Yeah, and uh, Boli- Bolivar, 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 Bolivar. No, it was Bolivar. I think it was Bolivar. Yeah, uh, his wig. You think was was low on the totem pole? I think I think it was the worst one. Yeah. Okay, and then here's another. You know, I guess I'm just bad at about turning off my brain about some of this logic stuff. So they find this big box of soil. Yeah, that wasn't on the flight manifest. 
they wrap it in saran wrap and then walk away and nobody you know they don't even contain they don't even can put that in like a, yeah, a container that, that, area bubba bubba you nailed it that's a great question and i have to ask you this yeah what happened to all that saran wrap when it got in the truck <laughs> i didn't see any of that did well, you guys said you get well in that flash on the security cam you didn't see it but it was quickly him unwrapped Oh, I, I, monster I, you could say, you then, say whatever you want about the monster, but he recycles. Right, so, that's a good point. That's yes. a good point. Uh, I guess what the show would argue is they said they had done some samples on the box, they'd done some air samples around the box, and it was quote-unquote clean. Okay, but come on. They finally open the box, they see it's full of soil. They don't suddenly want to test a, the soil? A giant a giant wooden box uh, covered with creepy uh, carvings. Yeah, that were hand-carved. F, F knows yes. if it's hand-carved or uh, if it's a machine. Well, typically... One of the things F does, instead of going home and taking care of Zach and his I'll, wife Kelly, is he goes to people's cabinets and goes... Machine carved, ooh, hand carved. A lot of you, I go antiquing. It's me, F. You you laugh. You laugh at our boy F while he's I drinking do laugh some milk. At F. I, I will have you know that that Let wig know. that wig is carved out of one solid block of balsa wood. <laughs> I will have you. It know moves that. as much as wood does. That's pretty good. <laughs> oh man, I'm very jealous. Uh, okay, so then we have my least favorite scene. We have uh, the guy walk through the puddle of blood. And then his head smashed in. What did this thing want? It wants his blood, but then it wants to kill him. It doesn't want to make more zombies. I, I was, what was I, going on here? I was confused by that. I some, Somehow, uh, poor man's Robert Davi offended uh, our evil monster. And But number one, yeah. did uh, our evil monster, did he have to pee? Is that why the blood <laughs> was there? Uh, right. Number yeah. one, and why? Why seriously? Why did he smash his head in? I I'd like to know. Well, I was joking that uh, uh, the monster tastes this guy's blood. And he's like, well, this is this guy's blood. It doesn't taste good. And maybe so smash. You know, like sometimes maybe he's a bit like maybe he's a Greek monster. It, Greeks after they eat, they're smashed their smash places. Their Here he's like, I eat this body, I'll smash the body. Yes. Uh, Hola, opa. Opa, indeed. Opa, indeed. Uh, yeah. So, and then he's stuck there. Yeah. For uh, we, we never nobody finds him. Nobody in this finds episodes. him. It's, you would uh, think uh, this lit up corridor uh, with puddles of blood in it and this uh, smashed up guy. Somebody might make note of it later. Yeah, I would. I would like to think so. Uh, maybe somebody has, and uh, you know, we just ignored him, just like we ignored good old <laughs> Abraham, who showed up with his sword. <laughs> okay. Now, uh, but uh, real quickly, uh, this show. In addition to being scary, it's supposed to be a gory. And what did you think of the smashed head? How did it compare to the infamous uh, Oberyn Martell Red Viper smashed head on Game of Thrones? Did you prefer which smashed head? Do you prefer? Mark? I, w- I, w- I would say. Um, Please do. I, I and what I'm about to say yes. is the following sentence. <laughs> I I did not expect the head to be smashed in Game of Thrones, so I was a little more caught off guard. Uh, you thought this head would be smashed? Though? Well, you know, I've I've found that you know I've only been around uh, you know this this uh, spitting blue rock for uh, less than you, but <laughs> uh, you know I've found that if I come across a giant bloody sticky red mass, right. sort of in the shape of a man in a corridor, yeah, don't get too close. One of the uh, things that could happen is your head could get smashed. So, so you think it was a suicide? The guy was like, you know, I've lost my job at the FAA. I'll just let this thing kill me. Hey, one dead plane, no big deal. <laughs> Two dead planes, right? 
Your your first one is a walk off. Yeah, there. You know the the now let it slide. NTSB tends to be pretty forgiving about what we Amen. call mulligans. All right. Okay. So then we suddenly cut and we're following our Christoph Waltz ripoff, and he's meeting our generic thug uh, minority character who he's get who's you know he's gonna go and he's like, okay, I want you to go pick up this box, show this card, you'll get out. And the whole time, once again, I guess I just can't turn off my brain. I was thinking, why doesn't this guy go get the box? You know, the idea is the, the, the hooligan here, he's like, I'll take care of your mom's immigration status. I'll make sure your brother's legal trouble goes away. But this is just adding another witness. Why not just you go get the box and make sure it's returned before uh, daylight? Or or if if we have Jim already on the inside oh, right. and already at the airport, why not have Jim just get in the in, right, the, Jim, in the truck and go away? Get to, get to work, Jim. Do, You've been doing nothing. Do something. All right, do something, so, Jim. Uh, we know what that's setting up. All right, so then uh, let's get back to Abraham. He's there at the airport, and uh, Abraham is cuts through all the Bolivar fans yep. uh, and goes and he pulls the old I'm an old man having heart attack a trick to get old Jim. Man, you don't know how many times I've done this trick. Often to get ladies' numbers. <laughs> that is that is how you uh, you you met uh, your most recent right. mail order bride. Hey, now <laughs> that's how I that's how I met her. This evening. yes, I should have I should have mailed order from her. Then I do the mail. Whatever. Let's just keep moving. On. Bubba so, does what I need, but he needs to do to seal the so deal. So Jim is dirty. We know he's in a debt, some sort of debt to Stone, student loans to people. Stoneheart. But why? Why then did he? What did Abraham say that? Because Jim is like, hey, f. You need to hear this old man Abraham and what he has to say. Why? Like what? 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 Did, what convinced Jim to bring this old man he's never met before to the your head guy on the CDC? I think there's if, a serious case. What? I, I think if there's anybody on uh, you know on the strain who's going to respect an old man with a sword, it's going to uh, be Sam. It's going to be Samwise. So Samwise. Sorry, yeah, that's I'm, a good point. That's I'm a good confused. point. That, that, but in other words, so uh, Abraham is trying to talk to F and Nora. Uh, Jim sets the, hooks them up so they can listen to the old man Abraham. And Abraham's uh, he says a couple of things. He's like, "Hey, uh, their bodies aren't really decomposing like normal." And you know, that's just a is F think that's just a wild guess? He doesn't care. And then Abraham goes full on crazy. You know, sometimes you got to build up to the crazy, earn some trust. But then he's like, "No, you got to sever the heads from the body. You got to do all this stuff." And F is like, "Whatever, I'm busy, old man. Get out of here." I was reminded. I think. I think that was a little, uh, a, a little too much. Uh, well, a little, a little too much of what I call too much information. <laughs> so a little TMTMI. And he should have he should have worked up to it. I, yeah. Now, you know, Bubba, you were telling me about when you got the talk when you were uh, just a, a you know, young guy growing up in uh, El Paso, Texas uh, on <laughs> yes. that uh, on that sheep and horse ranch. No, it was a dairy farm. Hello, milk. Uh, you're 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 correct. I forgot about that. And, you know, if they just would have if they gave they give it to you all at once, you, you know, you you, you get back, you put, uh, you get put back on your heels a little bit, right? So, so you build up to it. You, you got to slow down, yawn and stretch. First base, amen. Slow it down, so, slow it down, Abraham. <laughs> and he's old; he should be going pretty slow. That is now, true. Now, uh, as soon as Abraham though tells Ephraim, he's like, "Listen, you got to sever the head from the bodies. You got to burn them. You got to do. You know, you got to get rid of these things." We knew that Beardy McMorg was dead. 
you knew that was going to happen. Right. So we cut there. Beardy McBoard takes the body into the UV closet. He's like, let me look at this in the UV closet. Uh, nothing happens in the UV closet. But then later on, you know, Edgar Allan Poe's telltale heart is still beaten. He comes up to it. And it's got the worms, the parasites. Those those parasites were a little creepy. Creepy, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't like yeah, I don't like tapeworms. I was I was a little creeped out by that. Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing those a lot more. It reminded me a little bit of one of my favorite uh creepy yeah. semi uh comedy semi comic uh, horror romp Slither. Oh, oh Slither, that's true. And, that was fun. Which uh so I'm I'm looking forward to more of those moments, but the question is sort of circles back to, and this goes back to the promos, to be honest. Okay. They, they're telling us that Manhattan is done. Yeah, it's in deep, deep trouble. And so, it could be this kind of, are, are they vampires or zombies or just kind of organic uh, freakazoids who come up and kill Beardy McMorg? I don't know. I don't know. I think we're going to have to uh, watch at least one more episode. So there are worms in the airport, uh, at the bottom of the uh, cargo area of uh, Flight 753 that F and Nora find. And uh, I, I thought, I don't know how, you know, you assume F is the hero, he's going to be with us a while. I thought, it to be honest, that Nora could get it right here. I, was, I even said out loud, I was like, oh, don't let one of those worms get in your suit. Because, uh, you know, Nora is the quote-unquote other woman, so she has to be evil. In society's case, I'm projecting these aren't my these aren't the thoughts. You know, if that's if that's really true, then maybe I'm going to switch over to Team Stoneheart. Okay. (laughs) So they find the worms, and uh, F is like, "This is it. This is the worm." And then uh, the we see that Jim is told, "Hey, the box has disappeared." We look at it, and it's a free. We go through it; it disappears. We're like. Five frames of video. Now, these security cameras, let's be honest, a lot of security cameras aren't filming at normal video rates. So if it, if it was like two, three, five frames a second, uh, it was gone in, in five frames. It was probably gone in under five frames. Well, that, that brings That's up, supernatural. That, brings, that is a supernatural uh, security camera footage. And uh, our boy F doesn't even take a break to consider what he's seeing. Uh, yeah, uh, he thinks I, it's a glitch of the system. That's a great point, Bubba. That's a great point. And uh, if I saw that on yeah. a video, and an old man with a sword <laughs> had accosted me earlier, I I may have. I don't. I'm not saying that I would put two and two together. I am saying maybe I would, you know, ask the old man uh, what he thought of it at the very least. Yeah, well, that's a good point. Uh, Ephraim's like, hey, this box, we got to can't let, that was seven minutes ago, the time code on the video. So he trusts the video time code, even though he thinks it's a glitch that let the box disappear in under a second. And so he calls out to everybody. He says, Jim, don't let this box out. We see our ethnic minority hooligan in the van taking the box out. Jim is revealed to be in cahoots with Stoneheart. Now, the preview makes it look like Jim, you know, he's in debt. It's just like, okay, that's it. I'm going to give you this favor. I'm out. Uh, I kind of would prefer if Jim was just flat out evil. What what do you think? Well, you've made it sound like you didn't like this moment in the episode. What do you think going forward? Well, I think think, uh, unless they're going to kill him right away, it needs to be uh, a deeper betrayal. Oh, okay. That's good. That's good. and And it'd be more interesting if... 
if the CDC, if F and Nora and Jim couldn't figure out how this is spreading when all along Jim was, uh, you know, partially responsible for, for helping get the evil worms uh, spread throughout the city. Does a narrative convention mean then that Jim's got to die? If he's this evil, if he's letting things go, if he's betraying our hero F, does this mean he has to die? Well, I think, you know, he either needs to die or if, if you know, they're going to try to redeem him. But, but this goes back to, you know, what is this show really about? What is the scope of this show? Mm-hmm. We're going to have probably billions of people dying fairly quickly. Right. So this sort of I, I castle fairly, intrigue stuff, I, I think it's I think it's kind of a waste. I would say it, it fairly quickly meaning in, in the time in the timeline of the show. I think it actually may take this whole first season before the true catastrophe really hits. Oh well then I would I would uh, yell and scream at the people at the FX promo department for, <laughs> for telling us. Uh, we we know that you know everybody's going to die. So let's let's get to the fun part. Not not uh, not well, waste. We've got to have some family drama. We saw Zach texting his dad. He saw his dad on the news, and uh, our buddy from Sears uh, mm-hmm. is like, oh, this is you know you can't trust this stuff." Matt from Sears being set up to be uh, worm food, if you know what I mean. Yes. But Zach is like, "That's my dad being a hero," uh, and he's texting his father. He's like, "Are you okay?" And then dad's like, "Go to bed, kid." I would just like to say, I, I uh, the the young actor who plays Zach, yeah, uh, he's he's had a lot of lot of trouble in his young <laughs> life. He he stole a pair of roller skates he uh, did. when he was six years old. He, this this is his sentence. <laughs> he turned he turned the batteries around in his Game Boy when he was five years old. Okay. Uh, so he it looks like he's finally turned his life around. He looks like he's off. Turn the sauce. your life around. All right, he but did. there's but what I'm saying is before the city can really fall. Uh, there's this whole family drama going on. There's the affair. He says he loves his wife, but he fooled around with Nora. Nora still has feeling for him. It feels like that's got to keep going. Uh, yeah. You've got this crazy, you know, you've got the people at Stoneheart. I would like to, I would like the internet. I would like to be on record. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is July 13th. Right. And I want to be on record. If we find out that the world is, in fact, ending yeah. very, very quickly, yep. um, I'm. Uh, I'm, um... Yes? No more morals. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Let's not waste our time. But but to go to go back to Jim real quick, one, sure. of, the, one of the things that, um, you know, sort of the, 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 the good guy being in cahoots with the bad guys, it's been done before, it's been done well before, I think, uh, most recently in Battlestar Galactica. Oh, yeah, so good. And, and that was, they owned up to it very quickly, but there was, there was a lot going on. Uh, Gaius Baltar is one of the greatest characters in television history, probably. He was so good, so complex, so he could be comedic when he needed to be, which was a lot of time. He could be such a traitorous prick. And so, so maybe maybe that's setting the bar a little high, but right. you know, Jim's telling us that he's out and he's done, and you know, um, I I think they could have handled that a little bit better. All right, so we see that infamous uh, press conference that Everest scheduled. Uh, normally, you would have like a you'd have a makeshift podium. There'd be kind of some order to it. There'd be but, there'd be snacks. Right? Why weren't the victims' families pulled away and told stuff in private? It, this whole thing is a bit messed up. Uh, but then uh, the, we uh, are getting close to the end of the show, and we have the little girl. The little girl who was introduced way back at the beginning is one of the sweet little kids on the plane. 
Then when they come onto the plane, she's dead. She's got her earbuds in. Uh, and finally, uh, her dad is at the press conference. He's got a framed photo. When yes. you When you are going to go complain about your dead daughter, who now admittedly he had probably gone to the airport to pick her up, had he brought this framed photo with him? I think, well, sometimes, sometimes, yeah. uh, you know, a kid can grow a lot right. on a transatlantic you're like, you're like, flight. Who, who am I here to pick up? Oh, so her. It, it can help. It can help. Okay. Uh, I, I was, yeah, I mean, he, th- this guy seems like a belt and suspenders kind of a guy. So <laughs> I can't say, I'll, I'll, I'll give him that one. But yeah, so he is very uh, sympathetic guy. A little, I would say, sort of a French or a Belgian, let's call him Belgian uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Well, he could be, but hold on, his, the plane was from Germany. His daughter, I think, was speaking German. Maybe that, maybe he's a maybe he's a German. I might be confusing her with the little girl in all those sprint commercials we were forced <laughs> to watch who's speaking French. So my apologies, Bubba, my apologies. <laughs> All right, so, uh, uh, but I, you know, we talk about shocks. One of the, I guess it was a shock to me. I was sure the daughter was going to kill the dad. But maybe she's just there to help spread the disease. What What do you think going forward with this little girl? Are you going to see her again? or that's... Well, I, I think I think the bottom line is she's done her job. And as they've kind of reminded us with the whole, uh, the, the, the narration, I believe it's Abraham talking about love. Um, oh, that's right. That's but a good point. I, I could be wrong. And so I, I, I think that whether, look, uh, Belgian Napoleon Dynamite is, is not going to have a good week. Yeah, right. You know, daughter, you're cold. Here, let me put you in the freezer. Although, I, this is, this is a, a quick, uh, quick um, Got Milk podcast uh, uh, public service announcement. Got your milk. Not everybody, not everybody should have their body temperature at 98.6 degrees <laughs> some people are perfectly healthy at 96 at 94 at 99 really is that, that, this true or are you just this bullshitting is, this is absolutely true i would I never i would this. never i'm gonna google this this sounds like a load of bullshit this is completely true if you are lying to the got your milk audience i would I'm never lie kick your ass we off have show, we Mark. have the largest most loyal most generous uh, audience uh, in the world okay so folks if this isn't true, Mork will be bludgeoned. I'll get some worms into Mork, and he will apologize to everyone. I, w- I think you're complete. I don't know why you would lie like that. I would. I could never lie. I, look, this is a public service announcement. You're the announcement. GM of this podcast, Mork. As a public service announcement, I, I would never lie. If I preface something with public service announcement, you know it has to be true. No, brother. Okay, so... Uh, that's it. That's pretty much the episode in a nutshell. Was there anything else uh, that you wanted to bring up that, uh, from the episode that you thought we should discuss? I, I think we, uh, we should have paid a little more attention to the date. Oh, good point, uh, good we, point. We, we know Why? about the eclipse is coming on February, February 12th. 12th. Right, apparently, apparently the eclipse is being sponsored. And they're <laughs> it's being spending... presented by the Museum of Modern Art. That's yeah. why they put up banners. They're everywhere. spending a lot of money advertising the eclipse. Yeah. Uh, apparently you need tickets to this one. But <laughs> uh, I did not notice the date. I assume it's coming soon. Right. And it'll... Um, It'll, uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. But Good point. Bubba, uh, I can't wait to see you next week. I can't wait to see your wig next week. Thank you. And um, God well, bless. Well, well, once again, because we have we don't know anything other than what promos have told us, would you? Is there? Uh, what would you like to see? Real quick, what what would you like this season? It feels like you want it to start the destruction quick. Is there any other wishes I'd like, that you have? I'd like to see either some destruction or, you know what, I'd like what? I'd like a goddamn surprise. 
Okay. They yeah. set up so much in this episode. Right. We know about Stoneheart. We know, we know all of these players. We know about Jim. So right. I hope I hope they've got some surprises left. That's that's what I'm really looking forward to. I hope so too. Folks, write us on Twitter and tell us what you want for this season. Once again, no spoilers. We're going to be a spoiler-free podcast. And I think if you've listened to this and we keep stumbling over characters' names, you know that we couldn't spoil you even if we wanted to. That is true. That is true. So, on our honor. So you can write to me, Bubba, on Twitter. That's at Fit and Trim. F-I-T-T-E-N-T-R-I-M. At Fit and Trim on Twitter. Now, if you liked this episode of Got Your Milk, the FX Strain podcast, be sure to go and, li- and you're a fan, of, fan of HBO's Game of Thrones. Be sure to listen to our other podcast, the Joffrey Podcast. Download it on iTunes, and it'll get you up on all your Game of Thrones needs. Well, uh, if that's it for our first episode, everybody, we've got your milk. And your cookies. See you next time.